Hey, everybody, welcome in. It's been a long time. Welcome into The Wrap on NRM Streamcast. Tom Mazoway back in the saddle along with my partner Clarence Black and our good friend Rod Beard, who we'll talk to in just a minute. Happy Thanksgiving week to everybody. Welcome in to the Warren RV Storage Studios here. We are in Farmington, but it is the Warren RV Studios. You know, it's Rod, 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 Rod Beard home remodeling. Yeah, Rod Beer. Yeah, you didn't see his tweets. No. Yeah, Rod. Rod is. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 the Lowe's. Yeah, I know. The Pistons are remodeling. Remodeling, yes. Yeah, the Pistons are remodeling. But as as led by Rod Beard. That's right. We'll talk to him about that. PSAs. I love Rod's. I I love Rod's Troy Weaver PSAs. I can't wait to see who's on this team (laughs) because I I lost track. Anyway, if you want to get your uh, your RV taken care of, make sure it's cared for. You don't have to worry about it. It's going to be locked up in 24-hour surveillance. Give them a call at Warren RV Storage, 586-977-2770. 24-hour security camera surveillance. LED-lit parking area. Fenced and gated property with a signed keypad gate code. And the gates are operational 24 hours a day. They are at 6900 East 14 Mile Road in Warren. Make sure you ask for Roger Z. Tell them Maz and the boys from NRM. Sent you, and uh, you might even be a little referral fee in there for you if you uh, land at Warren RV. And I haven't seen you in a couple weeks. Yeah, I've been man. down and out. I got the COVID. I'll admit it. You got it. I got it. Damn, I hit it. Got it. you. Well, you are you are gambling though hard with it. I gamble, man. I'm a gambler. I mean, anyway, like, your your babies kept on like yeah. being around. Well, my and... girls, they play volleyball. So what happens? The volleyball team has been quarantined three different times this season, and I guess somebody <laughs> gave it to me. <laughs> But I was fine. The dice. I was fine. I felt good. I had a couple body aches and stuff like that. That's why I called and said, hey, I'm not going to be in. Then I got tested twice. Damn. And finally it hits. Yeah, you're positive. But oh, you know what? Man, I'm glad I was gone for that. But in two days, that's it. It was over. Did you ever get symptomatic or anything? No. After that, I was fine, except yeah. I lost my sense of, uh, of smell you get it back? and taste. I haven't gotten it back yet. Today, I smelt a candle. Oh, for the good. first time, so I'm hoping that it's going to be coming back. Well, and look, then, of man, course, you, was, you, were, you were gambling hard, dude. But it went through my whole family after that. All my girls got it, and really? my wife finally. Yeah, Damn. so we're done. Three weeks. Just we're done. We all feel good and all. And That's uh, good. I don't know, Rod. How's things in the in the Beard family? Do you guys survive? Yeah, we're standing in our bubble. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're fine and your your family came out of it fine too. Certainly wouldn't want to wish that on anybody, but. We are going to not gamble so much on uh, on ours. <laughs> he says I gamble. I don't gamble. Hey, Rob. Hey, Rob. Maz out there like, come on. Eight. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> now, I'm going to shoot, but I bet not crap. Listen. <laughs> I bet not crap. No, I'm a Do mask. Do not pass. I'm a mask-wearing citizen. <laughs> Dude, okay? you were like, your girls were getting tested. Like, every time. I was even thinking, like, Maz, that's, I don't know, man. Like, Bro, that's because the, <laughs> the team. They play, they play a sport, an indoor sport. Dude, I know. I get it, man. Okay, don't don't tell me I'm gambling. I have saying. no chance. I'm just saying. What chance did I have? I don't like tape. Don't they have the tape you put around, like, you, your oh, little shit. section of the house and they little quiet. section of the house? I've been living in the basement for a month and a half, okay? I'm ready to go up. I want to sleep in my own bed. I'm sick You're of this. You're better for it. Oh, thank you. Come on, six with thank your funky you. ass. You know, <laughs> put it this way. I've never watched more Netflix and Amazon in my entire life. By the way, I love The Queen's Gambit. Have you guys seen The I Queen's Gambit? I heard about Gambit? 
It's no, I heard phenomenal. it's on the list. Is it a, on one the of the, like about the it, the crown and stuff? The, no, it's a chess playing. It's a girl that plays chess. She's, she's a, good. Oh no, she's not good. She's, she's ridiculous. th- ridiculously good. I'm gonna check that out. My wife's only looking for a new one, man. It's only seven episodes. It's on okay. Netflix. It's number one. It's no, blown listen, everything out of the water. But that's only because see, on January eighth, my whole family is like Cobra Kai, man. Like, oh yeah, we're, we're all what in. Cobra Kai? What are you kidding? So good, it's so good, amazing. You said you said you were gonna get us some Sweet shirts. Away. What happened? To I'm that? working on it, man. Okay, God. I want the black. You get the red. Listen, get Rod the yellow. Can I ask? Can I ask Mr. Beard the first question? <laughs> yeah, go it's ahead. a home improvement question. Go ahead, ask him. Because I have no <clears throat> idea what the <clears throat> wait, wait. Before you say anything, <laughs> do these numbers make sense to you? What? Seven centers, two shooting guards, five point guards, and well, three power I forwards. Mean, would you okay. let me get to All right, go ahead. Um, so, Mr. Beard, based on what the esteemed Mr. Mazway was uh, getting at, I'd like to know, um, when my kitchen is finished, will I have the nice little island and then also the little, um, like, am I getting, like, what, what, what is my kitchen, what is my kitchen going to look like? Because I'm a kitchen man. Clarence, you, you get an island and a peninsula. This is oh, a, yes. whatever you want it to be. Yes. You, you can have five centers if you actually want to. <laughs> no, it, it, just in relation to uh, Troy Weaver, the Pistons general manager, remaking this roster, I kind of compared it to uh, a kitchen remodel or a home remodel where you're getting the basement done, the, the bathrooms done, the kitchen done, everything done. He just flipped this roster outside of four players that are left from last year, Blake Griffin, Derek Rose, Sekou Dembouya, and Svi Mihailuk. Everything else must go. <laughs> he just completely cleared out this roster, um, used the cap space that they had available, and uh, ended up with three first-round draft picks from this year. And I think that's the the key to all of this is that they have a definite timeline that they're on with these three guys over the next three, four years, and everything else is secondary to those things. So my million-dollar question to you is, does, do, again, it, assuming you know or maybe don't know, Detroit – was this something that Troy talked to Dwayne Casey about? Did he come in and say, hey, hey, D. Case, here's what I'm going to do? Or did he sit down with Dwayne Casey and say, okay, what kind of roster do you envision? What kind of guys do you want to coach? Which way did it go? Was it push-pull or more like, hey, just sit back and let me do my thing? I think it's a little bit of both and just recognizing where the league is going now. And if you look at Oklahoma City's draft picks and their roster over the past few years, you can see these kind of long-armed 6'7", 6'8", type um, forwards and wings is where he's going. So you can see why he goes and gets a Josh Jackson. You can see why Sadiq Bey was one of those um, draft picks that he trades Bruce Brown, who's like 6'3", 6'4", for a Zana Musa from the Nets, who's 6'9", and, and plays the same sort of position. He covets that size. And now when you look at uh, Jeremy Grant, same sort of thing. 6'8", guy who can play small forward or power forward, uh, good from three, and is switchable on defense that you don't have to worry about somebody being outsized and and you can switch everything if you have certain lineups that are in there. So some people have said it's sort of like a a Andre Drummond and Greg Monroe and Josh Smith sort of thing where you have this big front line where they might end up with Grant, uh, Blake Griffin, and then Mason Plumlee as their front line. I don't think it's so much that. I think it's just, you know what this roster was last year and the year before and now you want to try something completely different. And it didn't take them three years to turn this thing over. It took them three days to turn it over and to get a completely new set of guys in here. Rod Beer, Detroit News, joins us. Uh, we're talking Pistons in that draft night extravaganza, which kept me occupied that whole night. I couldn't switch off to the uh, any shows that night. I was no, on man. that NBA draft, which I thoroughly enjoyed. But I don't still I still don't understand what's up. Why you get Plumlee and you let Wood go? 
for almost the same money? Well, I think they had a number in mind, and I asked him this a couple of weeks ago. Last time we talked to him, I said, do you have a number in your head that Christian Wood is worth? And he said, yeah, I've got a number, but it's we'll see how things turn out with that. And I think that number might have been somewhere around 12, 13, maybe 14 at the highest. And when they saw that the negotiations were going a little bit higher than that, it was just, okay, I'm out. And, and what's the best thing that we can get uh, in return? And that was a sign and trade to package all of these things together. And I think that's the other big takeaway is that we're seeing more uh, more of what the, the team can do in free agency and in managing the cap and in getting first round picks. We haven't seen this type of thing before. And, and Maz, you just said this a second ago, you enjoy draft night. When was the last time that you could say that with the Pistons? That no, you that enjoyed, never really. You, yeah. you, you came away from the draft yeah. feeling good about what the future yeah. was gonna be. That's the big takeaway is that yes. now you've got three first round picks that you can build around and you've got cost certainty on those guys because they're on rookie deals for four years. Yep. You know what you're going to spend and now you just have to build around that. Look well, at OKC. They got like 20 first round picks coming up. I mean, I don't absolutely. know how that's going to work, but but it sure looks like a hell of an experiment. But what I loved about the league, right? So I'm not an analytics guy at all. I hate it. I hate it. I, I think it's a, a horrible way to run your team. But what I, I do is... I respect it and I respect people's view on it. And in a league rod where in a league where everybody is starting to become three happy, I think that what the Lakers did that I thought was phenomenal was when people joke about it being a make or miss league, that's actually accurate. If you're not making threes, then what do you have? And what the Lakers could do better than anybody else in the league was they could out rebound people and take their twos. The pressure the Lakers put on you is is same thing with the Rockets. The Rockets miss the Rockets whole thing is we're gonna miss seven threes and make three. We're going to go three for mm-hmm. ten from three. We're going to miss our seven, and then we're going to make our next three. The Lakers are just like, oh, yeah, we're going to go seven to ten with twos and still be up by five. They work the math differently. What I like about these Pistons is, okay, you want to shoot threes? That's great, but guess what? If you're not making, I look at this roster, and I'm like, bro, you better. These are going to be some battles. You're going to have to battle these boys for boards. So all of a sudden, right. now you get one and dones on this team. It's a whole different league, whole different league. Right, but they can play a lot of different ways now. They can go big with you and match you on the front line. And that's what we saw from Miami as well, is that they could go big. They could switch everything on D. You have a Duncan Robinson who's 6'7". That's your shooting guard, essentially. Uh, Jimmy Butler's there, and you can switch things where where Duncan is guarding the small forward and uh, Jimmy Butler's guarding the shooting guard. So all of that versatility, and then Bam Adebayo can be your center. He can be your power forward. They had Jay Crowder. They showed you you don't need these seven-foot guys necessarily. How much did Myers Leonard play in the finals? How much did uh, all of their other bigs play in the finals? You can match up and you can play in a lot of different ways and the lakers did that with their centers there came a point when javel mcgee and dwight howard just didn't play a lot because they didn't need them you need to be as versatile as you didn't need them for that series though i mean miami right but 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 there were points in the playoffs where they yes absolutely but in the finals they didn't so you have to be able to play several different ways and they were able to do that yeah i I'm, i'm just you know i love draft night but when the pick came up and the pistons were up and i saw obi Toppin. There and I was an Obi Toppin guy, and maybe they didn't want to go that route. And I'm glad he went to the Knicks. I'm glad he found a home there. I think he'll be okay. I don't know. I know the Knicks needed a guard, but they went for this guy because I think this guy is special. And I love the kid from Israel. And I know I didn't know a lot about him. Uh, I read a lot about him that day. I did a little homework on him. And then Washington took like five seconds to hand their pick in to grab that kid 
uh, Danny uh, uh, Avdia, right? Avdia? Avdia, yeah. I mean, the kid yeah. is – he was Israeli MVP at 19 years old. The kid – and that t- – you know, Makif Tel Aviv is one of the best teams in the world. I mean, they know how to play basketball. I just think that kid would have been – he would have looked really good. Uh, Killian Hayes, can he shoot? Can he go right? You tell me, Rod. You know more than me. No, and, and, and he was asked about that, and he said, yeah, he that was eight months ago when – all of that criticism about his right hand was there, and he's worked on that, obviously, in the interim. But I think the Pistons stuck with their draft board, and they didn't get get kind of antsy when they saw that the draft was going different. And I asked Troy Weaver the same thing. Hey, when you saw that you have Obi Toppin, Denny Avdia, you've got Tyrese Halliburton, who by most accounts oh, is a God. better point guard, just was not going to be there. By he went 10 picks later. Yeah. He went to the Kings. Yeah. 10 picks yeah. So, so, but the, he said they stayed with their draft board. They had Killian Hayes really highly regarded, and the difference was that Killian and better facilitator, and he likes that contact. But again, if you go back to the prototypical Troy Weaver player, it's a Russell Westbrook type guy who doesn't necessarily shoot well, but he can get to the free throw line. He can get you um, some other points that you just wouldn't be able to get. If you think Oklahoma City, when was the last good three-pointer that they, a three-point shooter that they had? You can't really think of one. They don't. That's not their makeup, and that's not their DNA. Is to have guys who shoot well from three. It is people who get to the line. Who's your Paul George? Who's your your Chris Paul? Who's your James Harden type guys? Those guys were what the the DNA and what his his prototype is going to be, and he's going to build that same thing here. You're seeing it just in this free agency and in the. Ian Hayes is going to be that better type of penetrating oh. point guard. Set guys up. And people forget they were up 3-1 on the Warriors. And in a large part, that 3-1 league was because when the Warriors were missing, there was just nothing to get. And so I know that's one of the other things with Troy. His big belief is just, look, man, we like you You guys want to jack up these threes. That's fine. But I mean, it was because who was it? It was Adams and Perkins. And I mean, he just had horses down there. The and I mean, that was one at one point, Draymond, they were just like, you know, you may have to get Draymond. He was just. I mean, they were killing Draymond Green. I mean, yeah. killing them. So I look at this roster, and I mean, I just man, I love that. It's just a little nuance to the game of the. It's debilitating when you're not making threes. It is debilitating to have the other team cleaning up everything. No, and, and when you, when you talk about history, think if OKC had won that series, how the balance of power changes in the oh, league man. and philosophy changes in the league, and even with Houston, who was so reliant on three pointers. They were up 3-1. Let's say they beat the, the Warriors that following year. Wow. I mean, it's it's just it changes the way that you think about the league, and, and people talk about it being a copycat league. But when a guy like Troy Weaver leaves OKC and comes to the Pistons and has a completely clean slate and clean palette now of how he can build this roster, then you can see how things can change very easily in the next three years. And again, what, what we've been talking about in previous years has been Blake Griffin's mega contract, and it only has two more years on it. After those two years, they have another max slot that they can bring another guy in. And then after that, nobody is making more than the $20 million that um, that uh, Jeremy Grant is making. So they, they have a very nice financial sheet also that if they want to build and bring in another big-time guy, you only have to wait two years to do it. Now, Troy Weaver, uh, Rod, probably had his choice of teams. There were probably a lot of teams knocking on his door. What did he see in this team? Did he see that? Did he see the blank slate here in Detroit that he could he could make into his own? Yeah, just given the structure and from what I was told, they wanted him when they got Stefanski two years ago, um, but Weaver wasn't quite ready to go, and it, it, it might have been his kids being in college and or in high school and getting ready to graduate for college, 
And so that happened this year. And so then he was ready to be able to uproot and move. So if you think of it like this, that Ed Stefanski was sort of that holding place until Weaver was ready to be able to come and to right. be the GM on his own. Um, but he had been groomed up to that point by Sam Presti to, to, and he was ready to come out on his own and be a general manager and run a team himself. Tell me a little bit about Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bey. What are you getting those two players? Sadiq Bey is just kind of a, a versatile forward, 6'9", as well, that uh, shoots well from three, over 40% from three. And he comes from a winning culture at Villanova. Just a, a good character guy, a good hard-playing guy, uh, long-arm guy. All of these guys are, are, when you look at their reach, they're probably plus four, plus five on their reach over their height. So 6'8", with like a seven-foot wingspan. Uh, Stewart's the same sort of way, but like a tank. Uh, can really uh, post up back to the basket sort of play if he needs to. And again, you're looking for screen setters. You want Killian Hayes to be able to run as many pick and rolls as he can. That's why you go and get a Stewart. That's why you go get a Plumlee so those guys can kind of operate in space. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the Warriors. I mean, they got the, the, I mean, it almost ruined my night, that draft night when I heard about Clay Thompson. Honestly, I felt yeah. like my it felt like my heart dropped out cuz I was so looking forward to seeing those guys play together again and then, of course, get their draft pick, picking number two in the NBA draft. And I just couldn't wait to see Steph and, and Clay out there with Draymond and, and see him knock down the Lakers. You know I want to see him knock down the Lakers. But they make a deal a couple of years ago when they trade Kevin Durant to Brooklyn. They traded him. It was a sign-in trade. They got D'Angelo Russell. Then they trade him to Minnesota for Wiggins and a 2021 number one pick. The 2021 unprotected, huh? Yes, unprotected, unprotected, unprotected. And who comes out is Amani Bates in a couple of years. And if Minnesota craps the bed, Golden State picks number one and has Amani Bates on the plate, waiting for him. No, I mean that's that's how you start to structure a team. Is that even Golden State that could push all the chips in the middle of the table and say we are playing for right now. This is our time with Clay and Steph Curry and and Draymond. We're trying to win right now. But you also have to have an eye on the future and say these future picks that we accumulate and the number two pick this year, to your point, Maz, it wasn't a, wow, Clay is out. We got to deal and get the best small forward in this draft, the best shooting guard. They stuck to their draft plan and said, James Wiseman, he's our guy and we're not going to deviate from that, even though we know Clay's out. So what do they we have to go into the luxury tax. They're going to end up paying $80 million for Kelly Oubre to play that same position. That's how bad that injury is. But yeah. you don't mess up your future. It's $80 million, but it's $80 million. So it's not mess up the – get a different draft pick and, and change your entire path forward. Just suck up the cash, and you'll figure it out later. But you but don't also, change your – Kelly Oubre is also a great fit for them culturally. Because I think Kelly Oubre has shown he he is a winner. He plays hard. He plays winning basketball. And he's willing to go there and understand it's not his team. He's not going there with anything to prove. And he wants to win. And that's, what, that's one of the things I love about watching him play. He's an improved shooter. But I just think he fits so well with them culturally. And then now a little bit different dynamic. He, he wants to be on the wing a little bit more. So Kelly Oubre is more than likely going to be probably streaking – more for dunks than spot up threes, so it gives them a little bit different kind of attitude, I think. But the biggest right, thing for them you, is Wiggins. Right. You, you don't have to come in and say, 
I'm going to be Clay Thompson. You come in and be you. You D up, and if, if that's your thing, you come up and you go to the rack. That's what you do. Because if you're, you're Kelly Oubre, every three that you're taking is one that Steph is not taking. So you, you have to understand what your role is and where you fit in that yep. whole dynamic. So I, I think it's Man. it's an important gift for them uh, to stay relevant in the West, at least for a couple more years. But like Matt says, your, your heart just sinks for Clay Thompson because you really wanted him to come back and to see what that whole thing would look like. I'll tell you, Kelly Oubre is one lucky dude. He played with the Suns, who I think were coming into their own. Now they get Chris Paul, but he still goes to a great team in the Warriors. How about the Suns? with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Yeah, I think they, they had a fantastic offseason uh, in, in trying to figure out what their path forward is. And they didn't say, we're going to let our young core continue to develop. They said, we're going for it right now. Wow. Right now. And, and, and put the chips in, do what you got to do. So you, you can see the different sort of dynamics and philosophies of teams. Phoenix is a young team. They showed all that promise going back into the bubble last year. But they went for it and said, Chris Paul is this piece that we need. They could have just as easily drafted a point guard and said, we'll continue on the pace and, that we're on and let uh, Devin Booker be our lead guy. But they know that he's not that by himself. They needed to go and get a veteran to do it. And I, I think Phoenix is going to be very, very tough. Ooh. That West is unbelievable. The West, the West is unreal. unreal. The East, who do you think got the best in the East? Do you think the Bucks improved better? Do you think the Sixers by getting rid of Harford? Who, who do you like in, in the East? Who improved themselves the best? I mean, even uh, what's his name went to uh, the Hornets, just uh, Gordon Hayward uh, yesterday. I mean, everyone is different now. Yeah, two answers. Um, short term, I think the, the Bucks did well for themselves themselves in 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 making sure that they had enough on the table to say we'll be competitive this year and Giannis still hasn't signed that supermax and I don't know what world you turn down 228 million or whatever it is Knicks, uh, Knicks, for that Knicks, supermax Knicks, well Knicks. That, no, that, not. that ain't happening that ain't, Giannis is not a New York guy that's Knicks, not happening Knicks. and the Knicks, are, the Knicks will find some way to mess that up too yeah, but I, I think that the, short, the short answer is in the short term Milwaukee did well did good by themselves to be able to still contend given what the other teams did in the East and uh, long-term, if they can keep Giannis because of it, then they will be the short and the long-term winners in this. But Rod, is Drew Holiday worth what they gave up, man? They gave up. To me, it felt like a lot for a guy that I think is solid. And I get the whole two-way thing, but I mean, Eric Bledsoe was, Eric Bledsoe was, I mean, Eric Bledsoe was Eric Bledsoe. I just feel like Drew Holiday wasn't worth what they gave up, man. You you have to make Giannis think that you are trying everything in your power. Because if you if you lose Giannis, you have absolutely nothing. So they have to go all in. That is literally putting all the chips in the middle of the table to say, this is we're getting you the best point guard on the market right now. If we can't get you Chris Paul, then we're just going to get you a better um, two-way guy and a younger guy. So they just went for it themselves. Why not but Russ? You, you can't <sighs> Russ is 32. And, and Russ is a different – Russ isn't a, a floor spreader either, that he's not getting you three-pointers, which is the everything that they built that whole thing around is, is spacing the floor out and giving Giannis room to roam in the middle. It's just a different penetrating type guy. But I think you've got to show Giannis to the best of your ability that you've done everything. You've gone – you've bent over backwards to try to satisfy the needs that he has in, in getting that roster a little bit better. Because they, the they're next? pissed that they – they didn't do it uh, last year or this year, and they had the best regular season record. How about the Nets with James Harden? Can they get James Harden? What do they have to give up to get him? we got about a minute left. 
Simple answer. I'll save you 59 seconds. Everything. They, it, outside of Kyrie and KD, they would have to give up just about everything in order to bring Harden. So, that, so it's not worth it. Including future picks. So it's not worth it to make. I, I don't want no, to. I don't, I don't think it is. Let's see what you have this year, and then you can figure out next year if that's something that you still want to do. Okay. Hey, man, thanks for coming on with us, Rod. Have a happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Stay healthy, and uh, we'll chat with you next week. Anytime. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All, All right, right brother. Rod Beard, Detroit News, and uh, lots of good stuff happening on yes, that NBA. Your, NBA is your – that's oh, you, man. man. I, hey, look, I love it, but remember we have these conversations about identity. Yeah. You can you can start to see it, bro. It'll be a tough team. These are some tough boys. I hope boys. so, man. Listen, they got dogs. I hope they so. They got some dogs. I can't wait to go watch them. I don't oh, know what dude. I'm watching, but you, I can't wait to go watch You are going to watch. It's a throwback. It's a throwback team. I enjoyed Tony Snell and those guys last year. Uh, I did. I know they weren't going to win. You're going to see less threes, more rebounds, and more fight. You think Blake stays? Uh, No. I think you got to. He's got to. Go. I thought he was going to be in. I thought he was going to be in Denver. I didn't get a chance no. to ask Rod. You got to. You got to. He doesn't fit with this group. And how about the Toronto I don't Raptors? Think I don't think he fits with Toronto. Is playing in Tampa. Yeah. Tampa Bay to lead off, and of course they play Christmas week. I disagree. I think the they should have waited. Raptors. I think they should have waited till till Martin Luther King. Yeah, week. I agree, man. But I mean, I, I think but, it's way too quick. But remember, they lost five billion, man. I they got. They can't. They but cannot like said, take more hits, brother. How many is LeBron going to sit out? Oh, he'll, he'll, he okay. won't play till how many is Harden going to sit out? Day. How many? All of those guys yeah, going to sit those out? Those guys are all no. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. It's great to be back on the wrap. Thanks to David B. Excuse me, uh, David B. Of course, Stevie helping us out as well. Stevie McDonald. Happy birthday to Kelsey. We appreciate her and everyone else. Good to see you, my friend. Kelsey. Hey, Chris Spielman coming up with a little Thanksgiving memories uh, with the Lions. He's our next guest right here on The Wrap. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great one.